The button has been pushed. Commencing podcast now. Only in New York, kids. Only in New York. Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology, pop culture, and this week, a little bit of WWDC 2022. I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. On this week's show, yeah, we're going to talk about all the stuff that Apple announced, or most of it anyway. And, you know, we may veer into other topics as we are wont to do in our conversational way. So first off, Pedro, did you actually watch the keynote? I know it used to be the thing where we'd all have to tune in and there'd be watch parties. But it was, uh, you know, the uh, first week of June, the the 10 o'clock in the morning Pacific time out there. Did you watch it at all? No, I stopped watching them a few years ago. I mean, it's, it's the same old nonsense and it's manufactured BS, to be perfectly blunt. It's stagecraft. Yeah, it's theater. I mean, come on, really? I'm going to get excited over watch OS 9 or whatever the heck it is. I can do watch faces. Yeah. Oh my God. They, they did seem like they are pushing ahead with some things in iOS 16 that have, have been long incoming and also catching up with what Android has been doing. And Android, I think we talked about it on a previous show, they have Android 13 that's in the hopper, and I believe that just went into beta 3, so they're hoping maybe it's going to release in August, possibly September. Everyone's all about privacy and security these days. And I think the Android one was a little bit more of just a refinement on Android 12. I know that there's some other stuff under the hood, but compared to this one, you know, not quite as many bells and whistles, but still solid stuff under the hood. Does that mean I have to buy a new Android phone? Because my my Samsung barely qualified to get Android 12. That's another thing to look out for because Apple and Google both toss old models off the wagon after a few years. And I think uh, they also announced a, a new version of Mac OS. And unless you've got a MacBook or a Mac that was 2017 or later, I think you might actually not be able to run this new system. You know, it'll, it'll vary by model, but that there is the, oh, you were too old to, to be worth it and we're not going to support you, which is heartbreaking if you're just on the cusp or if you can't afford to go buy a new phone every so you know, five or six years or whatever. Yeah. So. yeah. But uh, but but let's uh, roll into it because, you know, another Worldwide Developers Conference has come and gone with that wait, pile one out. Wait, 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 wait. Before what? we do that. Before we do that. I want to mention that I did binge watch a show on Netflix this week. Was it The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? No, that's on Amazon. No, that's on Amazon Prime. That's next, actually. But you're going to be surprised by my choice here. Was it Dairy Girls? No, I actually have that on my list, too. I want to see It's a that. great show. Anyway, Grace and Frankie. Oh, the Lily Tomlin and, and Jane Fonda. Yeah, that, that, that got some very good reviews. But the weird thing is, this is not my kind of show. I mean, I'm not trying to be ageist because I'm closer to their age than, than anything else. But but there, there's a lack of spaceships and laser cannons. Yes, uh, no splody bits, no weirdness. No downtown New York in the 90s. So did you just have to detox and go hang out with Grace and Frankie to get all of the the New York-y type stuff out of your system? To be blunt, this is what happened. Okay, so I'm doing the Netflix thing. And then one of the shows that I was watching, I think it was actually Russian Dolls, finished. Mm -hmm. And you know how it tells you like, hey, you want to watch this thing? Yeah, or in 10 seconds, we're going to start your next show whether you want to or not. Yeah, And I'm pretty sure... That's how I got sucked into the stupid show. I mean, Mm -hmm. it wasn't a stupid show. It was actually a hilarious show. Bottom line is, listen, Lily Tomlin is one of the funniest human beings in the world. 
period. And she, and she's story. been that way since the sixties. So since the sixties, she was just absolutely hilarious. I watched this show just because of her character. That's it. I mean, it was like literally. If she wasn't in the scene, I fast forwarded. <laughs> That's some Lily Tomlin love there. She was hilarious and perfect casting. Jane Fonda was good in the role too. You know, you figure that she would have been the hippy dippy type. I would have seen the characters reversed where it would have been, you know, Lily Tomlin playing the buttoned up and bitchy one for lack of a, a better term. And well, maybe, you know, playing against type here. You know, Jane Fonda did have that whole 60s protest career. That's exactly it. And but also Martin Sheen and Sam Waterston, their characters were spot on. They were spot on. They're straight guys playing gay, but not offensively. You know, there was no swishing. These guys played a fantastically loving couple. Believable. That, you know, after the first couple of episodes, you don't have that like, oh, that's Martin Sheen and Sam Waterston making out. You know what I mean? You lose that completely, and that that's perfect. That's exactly what you want. You don't want for it to be some kind of stunt. It was just really well done. Anyway, no splody bits, no laser cannons. Yeah, it was just a, a little a break for you. No robots. Yeah, I, I have not delved into Grace and Frank, although I, I keep getting it recommended to me. I did, uh, because it came out for home video purchase, by the Michelle Yeoh movie. I haven't watched it yet. It's going to be for the weekend, but the everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, I You can buy it that. now. It's it's not going to be out on Blu-ray, I think, for another few weeks. And it, eventually it'll get to the, the digital rental if you don't want to buy it. But for, I think it was like 20 bucks. I'm like, I'm going to buy that. So it's like a video on demand type thing? Yeah, it's it's you can just buy it as a unit from the Apple Store, or Amazon Prime, or wherever you purchase your digital video. If you're going, you know, back in the days, if like when you would go to buy the DVD, you're just buying the download, and and then and because I think that's how they're doing the windowing now is it goes in the theaters, and then you can buy a digital copy while they're manufacturing all of the Blu-ray and the people who still use DVD, and so while they're doing that. They'll have it for purchase for a while, and then they'll ease into the rental. So if you just want to do the $5 rental, and then the the discs versions will come out, and then eventually it'll go to free streaming. Hey. But I say, I'm not going to wait. It's Michelle Yeoh. I'm still a disc guy. Totally a disc guy. I got my 4K Blu-ray player. Got your physical <laughs> media all over the apartment. Oh, you know I'm all about the physical media. I'm never giving that up. Well, and some stuff you can't get on streaming. So if you found like a vintage copy of something that, that had a quick release and then got taken off the market, you know, that's gold. It's an investment. Yeah. What were we supposed to be talking about on this? We were episode? talking about Apple, but. You <laughs> oh, know. right, right, right. WWWCDC. Yeah, yeah, the, with their pile of announcements. Um, the, the Wrestling Federation known as WWDC. Yes. Watch out for the chair. Yes. So should we talk about, I mean, they, it was yes, mostly software because well. you know, they don't do a lot of hardware announcements traditionally at this, this conference. They did a couple this time though, which was surprising. They, they did a couple, but because it's developers, I think they tend to, to go into the software lane for this one. And a lot of it was iOS 16. And I keep forgetting that the iPad has its own version of the iPad OS 16, which has pretty much all of the same stuff and then some some tablet size features. But the, the iOS 16 coming out this fall, I think one of the big things that a lot of people got excited about was they are upgrading the Messages app so that you have the ability to edit messages. So get those embarrassing autocorrect things uh, reeled back. And you can also unsend messages in case you maybe shouldn't have sent that text in the first place. Totally directed at me. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so they, they made this for you. Uh, just make mm-hmm. sure, you know, if you have an iPhone uh, that can run it. Messages got a lot of, of attention, I think, in this round. It also works with Apple's SharePlay software for sharing video so people can, like, watch movies or whatever in the same message chat. They also upgraded the CarPlay software, which if you drive and you have a car that's got the CarPlay built in, it's great. I've gone out to visit my mom, who's got a fairly new Chevy, and I can plug my phone in and get... Waze will just show me all the directions right there on the console display. And nice. Then we well, music, yeah. And they're, they're adding more stuff to that. So I guess it's going to pick up stuff from your phone and the car is going to be able to talk to the phone a little bit more. And you'll get visual gauges. It'll show the speed, the fuel level, temperature, all of that stuff. You know, so it's going to look like totally scientific there on your dashboard because the car and the phone will be able to display all this information. So for people who drive and who have a CarPlay a car, th- this would be a good thing. A lot of us in New York don't drive, so we don't care. Yeah, I don't care. But, <laughs> but for those who do. I haven't driven a car since 1988, and that's true. I drove one last month, but just my mom's. But yeah, I haven't had a car in years either. iOS Mail, which I think has, people have kind of found it to be lacking in a variety of ways ever since it came out. But it's finally catching up with Gmail to include a schedule send option, which I use all the time in Gmail. Uh, like if it's in the middle of the night, too. I don't want to yes. you know let people know I'm up. So you schedule the mail to go out at nine in the morning. So they're getting that. It's also... It seems like they ripped off a lot of Gmail with this uh, iOS mail oh, upgrade. Oh, oh, because- oh, hold on, hold on. Yes. They enhanced. Yes. They, 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 they didn't took a, steal. They didn't steal. They took an idea and made it better and made yes. it their own. Okay, so schedule send, which has been in Gmail for a while. They also do that thing when you are writing an email and... If you forget the attachment, then it says, hey, did you mean to send an attachment that you mentioned in the message? Like, you're going to get that attachment warning, I guess, now in iOS Mail, which Google has been doing See, that for, terrifies for years. Me. That terrifies me. That always freaked me out. Yeah, because it's, it's reading like, your mail, and if you use the word attach. Over they're literally, I hate when people read over my shoulder, and now, yeah, okay, fine. I don't really like that They're going to say it's the AI, and it's just key to the word attach, and if you have in there and it doesn't sense an attachment, then it's going to, like, give you a little poke. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. I don't but, but they're adding that, which Google has had for a while. And then also, uh, I think this is also a Google thing, nudge you to follow up on, on messages that you sent out. Maybe you didn't get a reply or something. That's another one that's annoying. Yes. Yeah, so, so mail is, is getting uh, a revamp here. The iOS live text and visual lookup features for iOS 16 will also compete with Google Lens, which I actually get a lot of use of, of Google Lens. It's very helpful to you point the camera at it, like, what kind of tree is this? And, and mm-hmm. it'll scan the picture and say, oh, this is a birch tree or whatever. And they're doing the thing, too, with the augmented reality, which I think both Google and Apple have had, where you can have the camera. And if there's printed words in a, another language, it can translate. Sometimes not very well, but it will make an attempt to translate whatever that sign is. So they're, they're enhancing the live text feature. Notifications, which we all know those things that, like, pop up at the top of your screen and if you're trying to move around, you accidentally tap one and it takes you to the wrong app and you get mad. They're actually moving the notifications to the bottom of the lock screen. So they'll come up from the bottom. And this is because they are overhauling the lock screen itself to give you all these customization options. Before it was very static, like you could change the wallpaper uh, on the back. But now you're going to be able to add widgets and have customized themes and all that. So they're giving you more power over your phone even before you go past the lock screen and get into the phone. So your lock screen can have very handy widgets, I guess, there right when you lift it up. May I ask a question, J.D.? Of course you may. Do you use widgets? I use a couple of them on the inside, but I figure by the time you go past the lock screen and get all the way into the phone, you might as well just open the app. Thank you. 
Thank you very much. I rest my case. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've played around with widget stacks where you can have five of them and you just flip through. And I think I still have one because I was testing it. And yeah, if I remember it's there, I'll go and like, oh, here's my pictures of the day and here's the weather. and I'll, But but it's not like a go-to thing that I, I remember is there. So if something, but you know, everyone works differently. So maybe That's some true. people- That's true. Some people like that widget power. And I think it would be more helpful if you maybe had a preview of, say, your mailbox on the lock screen that- so you could see when when mail is coming in, but then again, you know, there's privacy issues there too. Like, if you go to the bathroom and leave your phone out, everyone's going to know when you got mail. Um, I don't know all the scenarios. iPad OS 16, I guess it, it's and that name just rolls off the tongue. Um, oh, it sure does. Yeah, they're going to get a lot of these same features because I think the iOS iPad version just sort of scales it up for the bigger screens. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, but the tablet version of the operating system will have this shared whiteboard feature. It's called Freeform, and that's meant for group collaboration. So I guess if everyone's working on three different iPads, you can share a whiteboard and you write from your own tablet. And uh, or maybe you play tic-tac-toe, you know, who, who knows what you do with it. But but and they're also doing a, a little better, hangman. Yeah, a little hangman, you know, some really deep group activities. And they're improving the multitasking and uh, I guess getting the gaming a little bit more robust too. Oh, and the big thing, which I think a lot of people were, A, like, what do you mean it wasn't there before? Oh, yeah, the the weather app. They're finally putting the weather app on the iPad. Really? Yeah. I guess I had noticed that it wasn't there because I just downloaded AccuWeather instead, which at the time had a very beautiful interface. Yeah, I downloaded Dark Sky, so I never really noticed. And the weather app on regular iOS has has gotten better in the past couple of... And, and I, it took me a while because I never looked at it because it was so boring. And then I think I just happened to tap on it by accident. Like, oh, there's actually stuff in here that I would find useful. Um, I think Dark Sky itself is still like my go-to because New York and island weather. But It has gotten better. All right. So weather coming to the iPad. Yay. Yay. And now, uh, as you as you mentioned at the top of the show, Apple Watch, uh, Watch OS 9, woohoo. I think new watch faces might be the, the big story there. Uh, and they're also, I guess, giving more health material that you can control. So you can like monitor your sleep stages or log irregular heartbeats, which th- this is uh, some serious stuff. So I guess people who, who have concerns about these, th- this could be helpful. I don't have an Apple Watch, so not for me. And I, I guess I have drawn a line in the sand. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah. Not going there. The one OS that didn't get any attention uh, at the show was the TV OS. I don't think it really got mentioned at all. I don't like that. I don't like that. But the blogs, you know, who, who delve deep into Apple lore said, no, no, there's actually stuff coming out. They didn't talk about WWC. Apparently, there's support for different game controllers and cross-device connectivity. So say if you had an Apple Watch, uh, you could send data to the Apple TV to, like, personalize your workouts. If you're doing one of the fitness things and you've got Apple TV running the fitness app and then you've got your Apple Watch monitoring your health signs and the devices to talk to. Who knows where that information goes beyond there? It's all about that Apple Arcade. Yeah. So, but, but some, some more game controllers are coming. It's nice. And then last but not least on the software side, a new version of the Mac operating system, Mac OS Ventura, which makes me think of that Tom Petty song about going down Ventura Boulevard. One of the things that the, the people were talking about. It will allow users to use their iPhones as webcams with this feature called Continuity Camera, which I think, well, it's got like a FaceTime camera in the bezel laptop, but this gives you all of the iPhone's camera powers. You've got the different angle views. You've got the lighting effects that you can use if you want to soften or, or make yourself, you know, look a little more glowy. And it, I think it automatically senses when it's on. So, and, and so I had to like read into this because I'm like, what is this? Uh, and according to Apple's press release, uh, this is their description of a Continuity Camera delivers innovative features to all Mac computers, including center stage, portrait mode, and the new studio light, an effect that beautifully illuminates a user's face 
while dimming the background. Plus, continuity camera taps into the ultra-wide camera on the iPhone to enable desk view, which simultaneously shows the user's face and an overhead view of their desk. Great for creating uh, do-it-yourself videos, showing off sketches over FaceTime, and so much more. That was like an overhead view of your desk. I mean, that can be some creepy boss thing if you're working from home and they want to make sure you're working. But anyway, that, that's what continuity camera is supposed to do. But the, the lighting features, yeah, because although cause I was thinking, it's like, I really don't want a high-def video cam camera. No, yeah, some of no. us are perfectly happy with low res. I'm absolutely fine with 720p. Yeah, so, so, so that's included. Uh, there's also a stage manager tool that uh, organizes apps and open windows on the edge of the screen, sort of little, little angled thumbnails so you can more easily jump around between your ongoing tasks. I think it's oh. supposed to be a little bit easier to use than the spaces. Yeah, I never, I never could use spaces, but that sounds better. I like that. Yeah, yeah, like you just see a, a strip of, oh, yeah, here's here's my Photoshop project, and here's this letter I was writing, and, and you just see them off to the side, so you don't have to remember what you like dunked in the dock and have to get back to. The mail and the messages apps, I think, are also getting a lot of the same updates that the iOS versions are getting for the scheduling mail and the editing messages. The Safari browser is getting security enhancements. And I think overall, the system is getting improvements to the code uh, running on Apple chips uh, to make for a more immersive gaming experience. So their Metal 3 rendering software, I think, is supposed to be really oofed up in this one. And now they're doing their own processors, too. So they've got the control there. What is it? They dropped the M2? Yes, the M2. Uh, that, that was also in the, the list of announcements. Uh, the M2 processor, not to be confused with the M2 bus route that runs from the East Village to Washington Heights <laughs> here in Manhattan. <laughs> Apple's M2 is decidedly faster than that bus yes, route. Yes, um, absolutely. But yeah, they're, they're moving into their second generation of their own personal chips. So it's got more transistors, more memory, and more power-efficient performance. So yeah, that would be good for games. And it'll also be the featured processor in the new MacBook Air 2022. I think that was the major hardware thing they announced, the 13.6-inch liquid retina display, four-speaker sound system, 1080p HD webcam, and potential 18 hours of battery life. So some nice specs there. The exterior has also been redesigned, I guess, to be like 20% smaller than the previous model. And uh, because it's Apple, there's new colors. Uh, There's the traditional space gray, the silver that we've had for for decades, something called starlight, which kind of looked like a goldish, warmish, like starlight. And then uh, this this shade called midnight, which I thought, well, that's just black, but it's kind of a a blue-black. So depending, I guess, you know, how you, you tilt it or whatever. So... So, oh yeah, God. so Starlight and Midnight plus Space Gray and Silver. They're, they're not really going for hot pink or, or yellow or any of those iPod colors. I guess these are stately business machines. So, you yes, have, to have of course. neutral colors. So, so they've redesigned the, the outside of that. Prices uh, start, uh, I think, at $1,200 for the entry level model uh, with the 256 gigabytes of a solid state storage. I think people were hoping for. Bigger screens. And I think there are rumors that there's going to be a, a big overhaul on the 16 uh, inch screen. MacBook uh, Pro or whatever. And then I think they're also rumored to be doing a 12-inch screen, which which is a smaller one for them. They yeah, it's done... a smaller one. Yeah, because the, the MacBook Air had an 11-inch one that they they got rid of a few years ago. But uh, even when they went down to the 12-inch, uh, remember the Yowbook, the mm-hmm, G4? Mm-hmm. That was the first time they'd ever done a 12-inch, and that was, you know, small for them. So I think they're, you know, and, and they did a few, you know, little MacBook Air things. But I think they're they're rumored, you know, according to the people who watch the industry, to be be doing a wider variety of screen sizes now, besides the the sort of middle one. And they're still making them way for thin. Yes, the reasons they say they can do this is because they're doing their own chips and they can control 
much more of the interior of the computer and all of the heat and and all of that. It allows them to to shrink it down a little bit. So, so so those were the the big highlights of the keynote. And of course, we will have links on our show page to all the official announcements of these things and some of the commentary and the times compared the two announcements for iOS 16 and Android 13. And we're talking about what each company seems to be doing and security and privacy seems to be the thing that they're both focusing on. So, so we'll see. And I imagine well, hold on, part hold of that on, is, hold on, yeah. hold on. You're saying security and privacy, but for or against? <laughs> that's, that's a legitimate allegedly, question. Allegedly for, and okay. I think part of this, again, with all the European Union rules coming into place, could be some CYA design as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The e- EU don't mess around. No, they, they're, uh, they don't they're play. not having they don't this play. Uh, no. giving people's information out. I mean, we'll probably upgrade when, you know, phones and the phone and tablet software comes out. Are you inspired to go get a, a midnight MacBook Air 2020? No, I would I would not waste my money on a MacBook Air. It's a it's gotta be a MacBook Pro. Yeah, and you still have me. that thing where the processor is gonna inhibit some of your software, right? I can't run Monterey. I can't my I can't use it. I'm still on Big Sur. So I mean it's just it's infuriating. I've taken a Zen approach that I will always be two iterations behind on Mac OS. And, and I think if you work in the government or certain large corporations, it take forever to upgrade. Anyway, you're kind of used to yes, used to that. Very, very good point. Very good point. I still seriously wish Microsoft would just make me come back. Microsoft, give me a reason. I've talked about this on the show before. I want to go back. The latest version of Windows is just not icing your cupcake there? No, I mean, the programs that I use, a lot of them are Mac only. And when there is a Windows version, they look like garbage. Remember when we had the opposite problem where all the ports were, you know, it was all like, oh, the Windows version's the best. And here's this crappy Mac version we ported. And good luck with that. Irony. Yeah. Yeah. The hand's on the other foot now. So, yes. So we've covered all the bases, uh, and I guess we'll see. Of course, these are all the preview announcements, and nothing will, will come out until uh, September, October, as as the release calendar goes. But t- to me, it's also getting to the point where the wow factor and, oh, what's going to be the new thing? You know, it, yeah, there's no these, wow factor. All of the changes are going to be mostly incremental. I mean, editing messages, that's a cool thing. But I think technology, too, because we've been using it for 20, 25 years, and it's become woven into the fabric of life if you were it's it's just like oh here's this thing and it's not like this exciting new thing that i've never seen before it's like oh this will maybe make life a little bit easier but we're all just so used to it now it's not until you know and i think people at the show were hoping maybe apple would would release this or preview this vr headset that they've been rumored to be working on maybe that was gonna be the hot new thing that could be the one more thing yeah, but there wasn't any mention of it. But yeah, everyone's going to have a VR headset. And, you know, the MetaBook is, is going down the road, you know, trying to, to get everyone to wear goggles. But that's that's such a huge leap. And everyday computing, people do not need to be in a virtual reality environment to do their everyday computing. And computers are just basically appliances now. And yeah, maybe your toaster can like let you edit messages now, but it's still a appliance that it doesn't really have any cachet, you know, in your life is like this, this wonderful thing. It's just like, yeah, you know, it's like the toaster, the fridge, just, you know, a thing I got and I, it does stuff and then I go do other stuff. So, yeah. Well, I have to say one more thing. What might you have to say? That we have to thank the bros. Oh yes. The bros. Thank you, bros. Thank you, bros. Built by bros.com. If you think it, 
they will build it. So this was like a special episode. Yeah, well, there's a little uh, squeaked in between regular news things, and because not not a lot of news has, has happened since we were last year. Like the Twitter deal is still being tussled about as of this recording. And, you know, I, I think that might be headed for uh, rocky shores. But yeah, so so we'll we'll be back. You know, when, when there are much fresher news bits to talk about. But you know, for now, you know, we covered the Apple. We talked a little Google. We talked a little Grace and Frankie. So uh, there you go. But we didn't thank our listeners. Yes, thank you, listeners. Thank you so much. We hope everyone's having a, uh, a good June. It's already mid-June, believe it or not. The year's just flying by. Until next time, when, when we're back with more, I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado.